0: Welcome to the first 2021 episode of the Boston GAA podcast. In this episode, we chat with Ryan O'Dwyer. Ryan played with Wexford for two seasons in Boston. Ryan also played hurling and football with Tipperary and hurling with Dublin, where he achieved a number of successes. We chat to Ryan about his time in Boston and his inter-county career, as well as uh, his involvement with Kevin's Killian's GAA club in dublin well thanks ryan for joining us the boston ga podcast appreciate the time no problem at all thanks for having me um so i suppose we're kind of asking you on the show because you spent a couple of years in boston but um you know you've had a very very storied and and maybe not i suppose <laughs> Not as straightforward an inter county career as, as a lot of people who, who kind of spend their, their careers with one county, but you know, you could join the Dublin team when they were looking for a little bit of a boost and trying to kind of bring their standard up a bit. And you had success with Dublin, but you also, at your native county, Tipperary, had a lot of success as well. Just tell us about, you know, when you were an underage player, you, you were involved with Cashel, you're from Cashel, and Tipperary has a, a storied hurling tradition in a lot of ways i don't know if a lot of people might you know certain counties that would be tradition kind of maybe might be a little bit aloof you know when it comes to the sport you know tell us when you were a kid growing up in cashel you grew up during that era when tipperary had a very successful county team the players your own car mcbonner from cashel was on the player and on the team and pat fox Nicky english and guys like that and when you were looking at those fellas as a young player coming up like was that your aspiration? You know, tell us about your aspirations in that regard, and you know, wanting to kind of achieve what those guys were achieving.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose growing up, I, I suppose my first uh, sporting memories growing up was um, the penalty shootout in the World Cup in 1990, and Tip win the '91 All Ireland. They they were my first two sporting memories. I know, I know Tip won the All Ireland in '89, but. I suppose that I, I was three at the time. That didn't have as as big an impact on me. But first two sport memories: the World Cup and '91 winning all Ireland. And Joe, you know, um, they they growing up in Tip, and especially the, the family I came from, we had a real sporting family. Whether it was playing hurling, football, soccer, rugby, it didn't matter. Doing my sisters doing athletics, it didn't matter. We were always thrown out onto the road and play play something there. It um, didn't really matter what it was. like. Just during the summer, when, when Wimbledon was on, we were playing tennis. We were playing pitch and put. And with a ball, we'd be playing it. So, sport always had a big, big part of my life. Yeah, you alluded to the tip team there and the the effect that had on me. I suppose when I was just coming into knowing what was going on, it uh, was we'll say the early 90s, Cashel were flying it at the time. It was the best... Every team Cashel had it was the only time they won uh, a county champ, county senior uh, hurling championship. Then they went on to win Munster and then got bet in a, an All Ireland semi final by Kiltormer after in the third game after a couple of replays. And like who I always looked up to would have been and you, you mentioned them already, Cormac Bonner, Viking, uh, Colin Bonner, Connell Bonner. They were like the the wing back midfielder, full forward for that '91 team. And then, I suppose, when I started playing properly, who who played a big big part of my uh, development as a hurler because I looked up to him and any time you'd meet him was always a gentleman to talk to it would have been Remy Ryan. He went on to hurl for tip. Didn't have the, the success that the, the Three Bonners had. Was still a massive presence around the club. Um, just such a gentleman and did play a big part of my hurling career anyway. And then there's other people around the club, I suppose, when I started, like, I I played away and I played hurling football, soccer, rugby up until I was 18. And then, you know, you have to kind of start picking and choosing what you do then. But it, it was always going to be hurling for me. I suppose with the the sports I've mentioned, I was, I was probably best at, at football. And um, then rugby and soccer would have been second and third. And I was probably, hurling would have been fourth for me as in my my natural ability. But... I just always had a love for hurling. It was just, it was, I won't, I won't say it was in me, it was fostered in me. Like the, the seed was planted and it, and it grew because I, I just love hurling. And look, I suppose if it was up to natural skill in hurling, I'd probably, I, I'd never have stepped foot on in an inter county pitch. But uh, it was just the, the raw passion that I had for hurling and, and the attitude that I had towards hurling that got me to where I did.
0: So you were only fifteen when you made your senior debut. Yeah,
1: and look, I, I was very lucky. Um, when I started playing senior, I, I had lads to look after me. Um, I had my brother; he was actually playing centre forward at the time. Was he midfield? One or the other. Um, and then I'd the lad Timmy Maloney. He he'd come back from London. It was first year back with the club, and he's a big brute of a lad, an ignorant fucker. But like, he's he's great, and he'd always look after you. Um, yep. so it just gave me the the freedom to to play the way I wanted to play because I knew I had them to to look after me. But uh, yeah, I remember I Pat Donahue, he he was a great hurler with the club as well. He had, was a selector at the time, and like he came down, to me the the 16s or minors, I don't know which one it was, were training at the time, and he came down and he said straight straight out to me he said, here, will you come train with the seniors? So I went train with the seniors anyway and played Galtee Rovers um in the, the championship and I think I came on it about maybe 10-15 minutes to go and I, I like I can remember it so well that has happened since then but I can remember that so well two balls came to me the first ball I got it I'm sorry three balls first ball I got it and hand passed someone he scored a point from it the next one I was fouled and in the third one time was just about up a big line Remy Ryan actually hitting a line ball in and I I doubled on it ball dropping I doubled on it into the back of the net and I said like Carisberg don't do dri- uh, debuts but if they did that would be it like it was it was a dream come true but um, yeah so t- t- it's a phenomenal experience uh, like looking back on it now my look, my parents didn't know at the time. I, I when Pat came down to me that day, I asked not to say it to my parents, and my brother said, "Right, yeah, don't say it to the parents." Looking back on it now, I I shouldn't have been playing at fifteen. Well, I was nearly sixteen, but it shouldn't have been playing. Look, the, when you're in that position, you you don't be you don't be saying that.
0: Yeah, you must have been a kind of a hot prospect with the club, like if you were. Um, yeah, up. but
1: I it's like I had never played underage with tip or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like I was I was very small at, at that age yeah but I suppose when it came to the club I I was like I was always up there myself and one of my best friends at home Edmund O'Dwyer no relation Edmund O'Dwyer like we just spent all our time up in the field and it was just it was a sole focus for me so I suppose you you, you put in the work you get the rewards and
0: and that's what that's what came my way and
1: yeah, yeah I look I I there was a lot of luck on my side as well
0: yeah yeah I suppose time time and place and Sometimes I, I often think that uh, you need a mentor, you know, for young guys coming up. If you have a kind of older players and you mentioned some of them or a lot of them actually to, you know, to kind of give you a boost and give you a bit of confidence. And keep yeah, your head yeah. The- and,
1: and look, I the, the same thing could have happened. And if one or two of those lads weren't there, it could have been a different story for me. But it definitely did give me the, the confidence to go out. And I remember playing a, a couple of games. When my brother did look after me and Timmy did look after me, like I was, uh, I, uh, I, I don't think I can put that out there now, but there was definitely one or two games
0: that uh,
1: just were, yeah, lucky to come out of. It, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for the young guys on the pitch, I guess yeah, you, you know, it's it's nearly the duty of the older fellas to to make sure they're they're not picked on, you know. Yeah, they?
1: look, it, as far as I'm concerned, any team I'm part of now. The younger lads, it's now like you pay it forward. Like when I was coming yeah. through, I'd lads to look after me and show me, show me the way things should be done. Show you the way to carry yourself. Plus, my last few years at Dublin and, and now back at the club. Like I always try to, like I always make time for the younger lads and lads coming on to the panel because it's not easy. It's not easy at all, and it can be nerve wracking. Depends on what kind of personality you are, but let's make help them fit in and and you know you're always there to look after, them, make sure they're not bullied. You, yeah. you nearly do the bullying for them <laughs> yeah
0: exactly now you so from club to county i suppose how you know when did you make that transition or when did you maybe realize that you know jays I, I i you know i've a chance here at getting on to the county team whether it was minors 21s i know you well, like,
1: uh, we talked a, a while ago about what my what my hopes and dreams were i always wanted to play hurling with tip football with tip own a pub and be a fireman <laughs> they like they were the things I want. Now I think my dream of being a fireman has kind of waned a little bit. Right. Um someday I might own a pub, you never know. But uh, I suppose with the pub's not open during COVID, you're better off not owning the pub. Um and I, I got to play hurling and football at tip so I I'm, I'm quite chuffed for that. So they, they were always at the back of my head. I they were my long term goals. Um and I suppose even when I didn't make like I, I didn't make the minor hurling, um, didn't make that, I was in a trials and everything like that but never made the minor hurling um I played a bit of minor football all right
0: um
1: and then my but that that didn't like that didn't knock me but well it did knock me back but at the same time I kind of used it as motivation that right well yeah I haven't made the minor panel but I'm going to use that I'm going to train harder and I'm going to like I I often think if I did make minor because you know At minor, you're very young, you're impressionable, you you get a little bit of success and it can go to the head and you think, oh, Jesus, you've won 10 All-Irelands, you've played a 20-year inter-county career, but outside your town, no one knows you. You You're a big fish in a small pond. So I often wonder if I did play minor hurling, and it was a very good minor hurling, tip minor team at the time. If I did play minor hurling with tip, would the subsequent... I won't say success because I didn't win a massive amount, but would, would everything have happened after that that did happen? Yeah. I, I, I personally, I, I think I use it as motivation when I didn't make the minors. And then my first year out of minor, I made the twenty under-21 team. Yeah. So I played three years under-21 for tape. And I, I was lucky. I... I Father Tom Fogarty was over the team. Before that, he had managed the tip seniors and he'd managed Clare at one stage as well. And I think I, I was lucky that the people over the Under-21s at the time, they appreciated what I had. I was, I, I gave it everything on the field. I didn't rely on my, my skill to get success. It was that attitude. And they, they certainly did appreciate that. Like Tom, Father Tom Fogarty, Len Gaynor, I, I know for a fact he appreciated my style of hurling because he was... I won't say he was old school, but he appreciated the honesty. Hugo Brown from Killing All, he, he, he was a great man as well, and my own club man Tommy Grogan, someone I have great relationship with now, and yeah, so they they appreciate what I had to offer. And look, I have to thank Tommy Grogan for that because I suppose he, like he always says himself, I got what I achieved with the under 21s but I suppose he opened the door for me to show what I had because I'm sure the people over the under 21 they saw right who made the minors right well we will be looking out for them and one or two might poke their head up that they hadn't played minor but mm-hmm. I suppose when Tommy was there he kind of he, he made them aware of me do you know right um so I, I have to thank
0: him for a lot they be looking. To, they were look, kind of looking to the minor and the twenty one team for the prospects for the, the senior team. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, as a as a hurler, I suppose, how would you describe your your style?
1: I I've, I I'm going to use a few things that I've heard being said. I'm <laughs> abrasive. That's one way of saying it. Like, yeah. look, the, the way the way I best describe it is, what you see is what you get, and. I'm not going to pull out of tackles. I, like, I, I don't rely on my skill, and I will give 100%. Will that be enough? It might or it mightn't. I don't know. But I always have my goal that when I walk off the pitch, I try not to be disappointed. Because if you, even if you get better, if you have given 100% and you have played the best that you can play. Now, there's days when you you just have a bad game, but you've given it all. Yeah. Um. You're a little bit less disappointed, yeah. Do you know, whereas if you if you're walking off the pitch and saying, oh, if only we'd have done this or if only we'd have done that or if only I'd have done this or that, do you know, there there is that disappointment. So yeah. I I always I always want to walk off saying, do you know what? At least I know that I've given a hundred percent, yeah. Do you know, and yeah. and I suppose I know I'm saying if I've given a hundred percent, but like if everyone goes out with that attitude <laughs> and it's not it's not about the individuals about the team, but it, I think if everyone looks after their own game. Yeah. and has has the philosophy of, well, I'm going to do everything I can to make my teammates' job easier. I think that's a, that's a winning mentality.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, I yeah. would just say, like Hurland, I suppose, to, if you go back 10, 15 years, you know, some people used to think of it as very much an individual player's game. Like, the team aspect wasn't as kind of, you know, maybe important as with football, you know. I yeah. Know. I'm going to say football where you know fellas you look after your own corner if you're a forward you kind of get out in front of your man and make your own space type of thing. Yeah. Well it looks like hurling has changed an awful lot in that regard. Right?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly think it's more about the possession of the ball now because if you have the ball, the other team can't score, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I yeah, I I see what you're saying but I, for me it still is a case of you win your battle. Yeah, you know, because because you can score from you can score from 70, 80 years, whereas football, football, you can all drop back behind the ball. Yeah, because they have to get inside the 45, you know, there's that scoring zone that they have to get inside. So you drop back there. And then when you get it, you can't just launch it up the field because all you are back. So you have to work it out. So that's the that's the team aspect there. But I think with Hurland, it is, a, and I, I've gotten in trouble for this before, but uh, it, it's a bit of a... It's a warrior's game where you win that war. And I suppose this, this is coming from Dalo as well. You win that battle. You, you you beat that man that is trying to beat you. And, like, he there's, there's no... Dropping everyone, dropping back behind the ball because yeah, that's grand. Do that, but sure, we'll we'll just pop the points off from eighty yards or seventy yards or whatever. So I I still think yeah, I think it has become more of a a unit and more of it a, a team game. But I I I still think it's a you win your battle because right. and, and every match you're you're going to war. You're yep. going to war, and yeah, you have to go into the match knowing that your teammates when you're and I've used this line before when you're coming out of that trench to go to war that you your teammates are there with you because it, it is a it, every game is a war it, you're you're and you have a weapon in your hand you're wielding a stick there in your hand you can cause damage so <laughs> yeah it's like that and especially when you're in canton and um, against some of the some of the homegrown lads it, it is going to war
0: and i'm trying to you know you said abrasive has cast me mind back to when you came to boston <laughs> 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 yeah, a couple of summers out here. But before we go there, which we're, we're about, I suppose, you know, you you did get, you were on the Tip Senior panel, and you won a monster in the league in two thousand and eight. Yeah. You know, so that must have been you know a, a, a very satisfying experience.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was a phenomenal experience, and like just to be part of it, to be part of something unique. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable, and. I suppose, look, just not for one second, I'm using this in this use or, or blaming Boston. But, like, I, I played all the league games. There was one league game I didn't start and then I came on and I played the league final. And yeah. then we we played Cork down in Parky Cueve. And there was there was this big thing that Tip hadn't beaten Cork down in Cork in the championship in 80, 82 years or 84 years or something like that. And, do you yeah. know, there was this big thing made about it. And, you know, that, that was actually the last time I heard for Tip. I started the game, and I was taking off before half-time, but at the same time, a lot of my friends were actually going to Boston. So I was, th- I, like, in the back of my... It did, I'd like to think it didn't affect me, but it did affect me. Like, I yeah. was... They had gone the week before, or maybe 10 days before, and I was thinking, oh, I want to be going out with them. and Yeah. And uh, it was kind of what I was missing out, and it, it did distract me, and I suppose the, from them going out to to that game, I'd say I talked about... Three million balls because I was I was just hurling the whole time just to take it off my mind yeah. and you know sometimes and I suppose after that the the week the days leading up to a game I would do as little hurling as possible because yeah. then when you you go and you start hurling then in the game you're hungry for it but I think I mentally I had myself drained like no like I just super touched because I was hitting so many balls but I I think mentally. I had myself drained and I, I think I just I didn't do myself justice that day and I think it was a it was a slippery slope then and I, I suppose supposed to follow in October that's when I got the call off of uh, Liam Sheedy to say, no, thanks very much, but you're not know, part of my plans. Right, right.
0: Yeah, so that that must have been now that summer though. So your your you you and a bunch of friends came over to Boston that summer. You came out the following summer, was that? Yeah,
1: I, I I suppose when I when I wasn't part of the horn, I said right, this is my opportunity to do to do what I what I wanted to do. But like, I would never have gone if I was still horn with Tip. I would never have gone. It wasn't part of the equation. Like, um,
0: okay. sorry, right, I just can't interrupt you there, but uh, you know, because it, it is kind of an argument, I suppose, that's coming to maybe uh, people talk about it a bit more than than before. But um, you know, for. For fellows who are given all a lot of well so much of their, their time and their effort and making a lot of sacrifices, obviously you're doing it because you want to do it and you're good enough to do it. And you're part of a select kind of few, you know, hurlers or footballers that are that are on the county panel, you know, not just the team, but on the panel. But to have the chance to, to take a year to go and travel, you know like that's something that maybe in the past would have been frowned upon you do you kind of get the feeling that you know like here so and so he's leaving the county panel because he wants to go and and have a good time in america or, or wherever yeah but you think now that's becoming <clears throat> attitudes are changed a bit where you know people recognize a bit more the the fact that these are you know young fellas you're know, still a young guy in your 20s and you you kind of want to have a bit of a an experience in your life and not miss out on that either.
1: Yeah, I I, I certainly think it, it, in the past it would have been frowned upon. Oh, geez, he's thrown away this opportunity. And not even by the the inter county management or anything like that. It's like growing up in a, a small enough town, it's it's everyone in the town yeah. that you're nearly listening to saying, oh, he's thrown away this opportunity. Whatever. I think now people are more accepting of it. I still think there is that element out there that people will be like, oh, geez, he's thrown away. What's he doing? What's he doing? But they ha- whether it is male or female, you have to you have to live your life. Yeah. Um, and I suppose being out the other side of it now, gone through all that, if someone is 22, 23, and they think they have the opportunity to go away for the summer, and, and just, I, I know, look, I know you might miss out on an All-Ireland or whatever, but you go and you get life experiences you you meet people you wouldn't have met otherwise you do things you wouldn't have done otherwise and then when you come back from it after enjoying yourself and you you might you might you might do it and say yeah look I want to do this for the rest of my life I want to stay in America whatever or you might come back and say right well look that's out of my system now and yeah I'm finished college I'm going to get a job now and and I'm going to try settle down and, and work on my inter-county game, whatever, whatever county it is. I certainly think people are more open to it now. Um, and like I said, going out the other side, I would highly recommend everyone to, to do what you have to do. And just, I yeah. suppose, it, do it while you can, because you don't want to get to 26, 27, 28 and say, oh, jeez, I should have done that six years ago. I, I can't do it now. I can't be 26 now going out with the... the 20 21 year olds doing it so um yeah look that's my recommendation i'd I'd suggest everyone do it no it's not for everyone some people just don't want to do it and that's accepted but if there is any any thoughts in your head at all just go out and do it and experience you'll have the best time of your life
0: yeah and like you say i mean it isn't for everybody and i suppose you make you make the best decisions you can but um you came in 2009 nine yeah when you came out and you, yeah, how was the connection? 10th Ten to June two thousand nine. What was the connection? You came out to Wexford, the Wexford hurling club here in in, the, in in the Brighton area of. Boston. Yeah, well, it, it's
1: con- gas. Like I I actually sent um I didn't know him at the time, but I sent Peter Nolan an email saying I was interested in coming out, and I suppose I I had known a few lads that were, were hurling with Wexford the year before. So I said I was interested and and yeah, we we chatted and yeah, it was brilliant. But then in the meantime, see coming from tip and knowing people like Skippy was in the same class as my brother growing up. Liam Toohey was good friends with my sister growing up and my sister actually lives beside my sister married a golden woman or a golden man. Liam Toohey's mother is living just up the road from my sister out in Golden. So I got a call from Liam Toohey to see what would it be interesting going to tip. And, you know, it, it did cross my mind because you have those connections there, like, straight away. I knew... I, I didn't know them, but I knew there was two connections there in, in the tip team between Skippy and Liam. And it did cross my mind, but I suppose as far as I was concerned, I had already said to P Nolan that I was... I had my mind made up and that I was going. And, I, and I, I... I Look, I rang, I rang Peter and, and spoke with him about it, and... You know I, I look i'm glad i made that decision um yeah. I, I i got to meet some amazing people some mad people that i i don't even need to na- name because you know who i'm on about but uh, about but, I? uh <laughs> and look I, i'm i'm sure i would have had a, a great summer with Boston as well but um or sorry with, with tip as well but just uh i i yeah I had a I had phenomenal summer and and i suppose it says it all when i wanted to go back a second year do you yeah, know yeah
0: um, you know, yeah. so. Well, I suppose you made, you made your commitment with, with Wexford and of you know, you, you did the right thing, you know. Yeah, and I
1: played a bit of football with Galway as well out there because, like, I suppose the Wexford Hurling Club and Galway Football football Club were more or less the same club, you know, it was such a big crossover.
0: So, uh, you know, after obviously, after you're coming, you must have been looking forward to the first match against Tip. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> but like, hey, it's gas, like, I thought, oh, right, they might be. They might have it against me because I, I went to Wexford or, or or anything like that. I think after the game I, I had a drink with uh with Lean too. He like. and you know it was, you know the the, the the lads the the older lads. Sorry to offend anyone out there as long as yourself already, but the older lads out there they have been through it all. They've had a lot of lads go through their hands, and they just want you to come out. And when it comes to the hurling or the football, whatever the case is, that you you give a hundred percent and that they understand you're out there for a, a good time and to have a great experience. So yeah, when you're on the pitch, they, they want to take off your head, but as soon as you walk off it, they go over to the bar and they'll be buying you a drink and you'll be buying them and just having, having a good time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and um, that's, I suppose that's unique about the GA as well. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. great. And like, there's some phenomenal people in, in Boston, in the GA in Boston that, like you, you just you, you see so many characters out in Canton, um, and even like look, we we might be looking at a, a Harlem match, and then you might see Shannon Blues playing, and you see Eddie Freely going up the sideline, and he going mad, and you're like, d- d- these lads are they're they're cracked, like
0: they're they're tapped, but it it's unique, it's it, it's and it's phenomenal to experience. Yeah, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the I read somewhere, you know, going out to somebody said somewhere going out to canton on a on a sunday in the summer would be the nearest it, it's almost like going to uh you know a club in ireland you know yeah
1: it is it is and especially i suppose if you're out there for the summer you're seeing people that you're in college with you're seeing people you're seeing people from all over ireland that you you have you, you might not have seen for a while yeah um, and yeah it's experience you, you meet so many friends out there as well
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, then
1: the the odd person like kevin o'brien throws the head out there and you're thinking oh geez he's the last part he retired Mike Tyson or whatever oh yeah yeah or what's his name is Kevin McBride Kevin McBride sorry yeah, Kevin McBride.
0: Yeah. yeah he's still in Boston yeah yeah and yeah. he's down in Canton uh occasionally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I remember
1: yeah. the first time we saw this six foot eight man and you're thinking "Jeez, oh he's the man that retired Tyson Do you know so yeah. and you just see great heads out
0: there like and it's just yeah,
1: oh, yeah. yeah
0: it's unbelievable it's unbelievable. I suppose on on, on that note, you know, was there anything that you kind of, I suppose, what would have been, I don't want to give you a too hard of a <laughs> question, but what would you say would have been, did it, in terms of your expectations, you know, obviously coming out, you have notion in your head about what this place, what it might be like, what the, you know, what the hurling might be like out there, what the people or the city, well, what would you say was maybe the biggest thing the biggest unexpected thing maybe was there anything that jumped out that you that you kind of weren't expecting um
1: i wasn't expecting to like i yeah i was expecting a couple of people to be all about you and real nice to you and try to put you up but i suppose what did surprise me is that there was so many yes yeah. like, everyone just wanted to help you yeah um, and not just me, because they might have had been part of the club or, or anything like that. They they were just accepting of everyone Irish out there. Um, as long as you didn't act a clown, <laughs> they, they would have done anything for you. Um, it was just it was just a, a, an unbelievable experience. <laughs> and I, I suppose it's like what I what I referenced already uh, about making your your senior debut and, and young lads coming onto the panel. Now you want to pay it forward. People looked after me when i started playing senior now it's my turn to look after them it's the same going out to, to boston for the summer and playing hurling people yeah. are looking after you because they were looked after as well Yeah, um, yeah do you know and it's a real community thing out there do you know yeah. uh, back in ireland you you have your your club you have your community spirit whereas boston and new york as well the ga it, it brings people together
0: yeah do you know yeah
1: now, it splits people apart as well
0: (laughs) only only on the pitch though (laughs) yeah only on the pitch yeah when you put it that way yeah absolutely i mean here even when you live here and you have a long winter with really not much going on and every everybody kind of backs into their own kind of shell in a way from october to, to march when you know when things open up again in Canton, and you go out there and you see people you haven't seen in four months or six months. You know it's it's kind of a real coming together of of yeah. people then for the summer. And then by the time you get to July and August, you're
1: <laughs> you're nearly sick of them again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
1: <laughs> no it? but it, it, it was great. Like the some look some of the people I've met. I suppose I I when I went out, I was part of the Wexford Hurland Club, and they they were different to all the rest of the clubs because you look at tip or or Galway, there's a lot of older people in the club or toms like there's a lot of older people in the club whereas like the oldest involved in the the wexford club at the time were were peter nolan yeah. um peter ryan dom uh yeah. like they they were the oldest and they were in their late 20s early 30s like and you know it was I suppose so you had a unique relationship with them because they didn't have, No, it's different now because they all have kids and they're all married. But like they didn't have to be leaving you to go home to their family or mind the kids or anything like that. They were going out with you and they were they were nearly the out of all of us, like the settled lads, because they were they, they they got to blame all the the summer lads whatever they did. Yeah. So yeah, like you, you just build a, a great relationship with them, and like I got married there. For Four years ago now, near four and a half years ago now, and like there was a table there where it was just the Boston lads, like, and if lads could have come home, there would have been a second table, do you know. Um, so yeah, I'm just just lucky to have, have met those people, um, and over the two clubs, like over Wexford and and Mitagall with the goal football as well, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stories I could say from them as well. So
0: life lifelong friendships. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. The first year you were over now, two thousand nine, you got to the Wexford got to the final, but you got hurt, so that must have been a mm, yeah. I, I, uh, one of my abiding memories, I think, of of you in Canton was actually when you were hurt. I, I was probably in the press box or something, but you couldn't play, and it might have been a semi final. Not sure it was the final, but the official kind of rules say you can only have I think for hurling five people on the sideline. You weren't one of those people, <laughs> but you were in the stand. And you you obviously were hurt because you were limping up and down the stand, but you were following the play, <laughs> outing out at the lads. And I said, like, Jesus, this guy's is fecking Yeah, I was going every puck of a ball. I was doing it. Do you know that kind of thing? How did you get hurt? Were you hurt in the game or were you hurt in training? No, I was
1: actually hurt. We were inside in Lansdowne Street. I don't know if I should be saying this now, but I actually, I, I was going out outside because there was a drinking area outside but i actually went out the wrong exit i went out the the fire i was going down the fire exit and then when i realized it was i went to turn back and your man wouldn't allow me back and then i said right look i'll go out just let me finish my drink i i was after a smuggling in a nagging of whiskey and i had dumped that into the drink so let's say it wasn't one you'd be drinking off the head straight away it was a it was very 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 strong so I went to drink and I was like oh jeez I said just give me time here but he he was he was basically pushing me out the door yeah um and he 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 spilled the drink all over me and I I went to push him and then as soon as I pushed him there was about four lads on me straight away and uh I I I didn't want to go to the ground so I, I was I I wanted to stay up yeah. One of them hit me into the side of the leg or side of the knee and actually broke a bone in
0: my leg. So not ideal, but sure. You know, look,
1: know. these things
0: happen. Um yeah, they don't I suppose over here, I mean I've I, been a long time since I've gone out anywhere, but they, they kinda don't mess around. Yeah. No, so when it comes to that type of thing, like whether it's, you know, the cops or, you know, the nightclubs they just kind of it's all yeah, in, sure. you know it's all in that was well, that was a, that was must have been a big disappointment that you missed the final though
1: yeah yeah it was disappointing no but
0: ah. when did you realize you you broke the bone in your knee you must have did you go uh
1: when i went to just in the side of my leg was there's two bones going from your ankle up to your knee and was the the smaller one of them but yeah i went up to saint elizabeth's there in in brighton yeah and, yeah, they they told me with the X so I was walking around with a not a cast on, but you know the, the splints, the knee, the yeah. leg splints. Yeah. Uh walking around with them for a while and then we got we got because the the North American was in, in Boston that year. So I actually played in the North American championship. Yeah. Even though a couple yeah. of weeks before I broke up bo- like there was there's two bones going from your, your ankle up to your knee. One of them does all the, the weight takes your weight and the other one does your balance. Yeah, so it was the the one that did the balance. Yeah. Um. That I, I no, it wasn't a full full break. It was kind of a, a chunk on over or whatever. But.
0: yeah, yeah. You chipped like you chipped a bone or something.
1: Yes, yeah, so, yeah, fracturing. Or but
0: something. you were able to play in the North. Now Wexford won the North American, and all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now, did you do a a fitness test before that? North Americans. I heard something about theresa Hobbs and flies. Oh, Hobbs, jeez,
1: Hobbs she's the maddest woman you ever meet. But yeah, no, Hobbs, Hobbs actually gave me a. She gave me one of these things you put around your knee at night time. Yeah. And uh, it pumps pumps ice water into in around the knee. Now it got down all the swelling. In fairness, but like, oh, she like look, I I'm mad about Hobbs. She's she's cracked. She is mad a mad Wexford woman but she's she's brilliant <laughs> she's absolutely brilliant
0: yeah oh she's dedicated i mean she's every she's out there in Canton all the time at all the hurling matches
1: yeah i'd i'd love to see her again now like i get the, the odd face up message now and again but i i just I'd, I'd love to see her now again uh, she's a brilliant woman
0: she <laughs> yeah, she is yeah so you kind of basically uh you sort of took a you just figured you were you'd, you'd get through the match type of thing in the yeah, yeah, and I, and I was going home the following
1: day, I think I was going home, so I was like, no, I, I have to play, I have yeah. to do <laughs> myself justice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and it must have been satisfying then to actually kind of finish it off, even though you, you, you were beaten in the Boston, the Boston final that year, by, by yeah. three I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's only a point or two, yeah. Yeah, there was two points, I think. And then you won the North American. So it must have been nice to, to kind of go home with because North American is the, I know here in Boston, the focus is on the Boston Championship. Yeah. Really, because that's sort of the immediate goal, you know, and it's a pretty, you know, pretty robust uh, championship. That you know like American rolled around well robust in a lot of ways, I suppose oh, it's robust all right, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a good season, you know it's 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 a good good championship football and the hurling, you know when the North American comes around it's it's almost like a bonus to win it, but yeah. it's nice to go home with the uh, North American because that is the the county championship it's the the north American to to have that that yeah. in their back pocket, you know. Um, They came back out then the following year Yeah,
1: there's a lot of mixed emotions about the following year Like, yeah, I like I had it in my mind I wanted to go back out And then I suppose I came home It was my last year of college, so I finished that And at the same time I was playing football with Tip And then Tip had got bet by uh, Cork in, in the championship And Liam Sheedy asked me back onto the, the panel and I went in for, I think, one or two training sessions. And uh, he said, like, they were playing Wexford a week or two after that. And, you know, he was, was kind of all set for that. Now, whether he'd been playing or not, I don't know. But he, he seemed pretty keen. At the back of my head, I was, you know, I'm going back out to Boston. I was in contact with the lads. So then I went for an interview. Actually, what, what the deciding factor is, I went for an interview for the following September. Teaching job that I'm still in. And I got that. And then... That had my mind made up, like so. I rang John Evans, I rang Liam Sheedy, told him I was going back out to Boston, and that that was brilliant. And look, I I don't regret that. I suppose there would be some regrets there because Tip went on to win All Ireland, and I was up I was up in the the hill looking down at it. I remember, I can even remember what I was wearing that day. But I uh, I don't regret it because I suppose after that I said like after they win All Ireland, and then I get a call off of. Of Richie Stakelund, and meeting up with himself and Anthony Daly, I said, right, look, my chances with Tip are, are gone now because of everything that's happened to basically turn me back on Tip and then they win in All-Ireland. So I threw me lot in with Dublin and I haven't looked back since. I, I, I'm I I'm glad I did it. And yeah, I suppose you will have those regrets because you, you think, oh, I could have had in All-Ireland, but I, I don't have regrets because if I didn't go to Boston that summer, I might never have hurled with Dublin. So I, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah.
0: I suppose you you make your decision and you kind of have to. Sounds like you can't have your cake and eat it either. Yeah. Like you're probably standing there. Obviously, I can't get into your head, but you're, you know, saying it would have been nice to be on that. You know, part of that. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, you said, but you know, oh. I decided to go to Boston, and this is. Yeah. And um, you know, that's my choice, and that's what I'm, you know, sticking with. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and and look,
1: I I don't regret it because like if I'd. If I was with tape, I don't know what I'd be in Dublin now. I don't know what I've met my wife. I there's a lot of things, you know. Yeah. So I came up to Dublin, got a, a, a job in a good school, and yeah, I had a good few years in Dublin. Met friends there that I, I I'll have forever as well. And you know, I I I don't regret it at all. And
0: you came into Dublin, <clears throat> I think. It's actually a fella from my own club, a fella called Tommy Nocton. Yeah, Tommy Nocton, yeah. Tommy was gone, it was Anthony Daly. I think Tommy left in
1: 07 or 08, was it?
0: Yeah, he was just not long before Anthony Daly. Tommy managed the the team for a couple of years. I mean, I actually just speaking about Tommy Nocton now, (laughs) I know what you've met him, but... uh, he uh as as a club man in in Scully Connell he was you'd, you'd you'd die on the field from like you know yeah
1: he, he's over their, their senior hurling team now and they, like their senior A which is a massive achievement for him because like, they would have been down intermediate like so
0: yeah oh yeah I, uh, O'Connell's always had a lot of or Scully Connell had a, a lot of dedicated dedicated hurling people and Tommy well Tommy played both hurling and football but he was uh, he was on the he played for Dublin himself you know. Back in yeah. the 80s, you know, Dublin would have been, I don't know, Division Two, kind of on a par with like, you know, maybe Westmead. Yeah. Um. But when you came in, <coughs> Dublin, you know, were definitely in def- the hurling stakes were definitely on the up and had, had big, bigger aspirations. And you were part of bringing that team to the first Leinster title in 52 years and winning the league in 2011. Yeah, so. I've got,
1: we're just uh, very lucky, and I've, I've spoken a bit here about luck, but I was definitely lucky, like, I suppose I, I joined Dublin at the perfect time, because it couldn't have got worse from the year before, being bet by Antrim, and when everyone expected Dublin to win, so it was a good time to join them, but like, Keeney mm. came in at the same time, and lad, lads were coming from minor and under 21 that... You know, they were coming they were breaking through to the senior at that time so it was a lot of things coming together at the same time and then i suppose when you have a, a head case over you like anthony daly that kind of mixes it together it, it, it no look things did did things were great the way they worked out and i suppose even from my time with dublin there was a lot of ups and downs like we great year in 2011 Win the league, getting to an All Ireland semi final. Terrible year two thousand twelve. Good year two thousand thirteen. Bad year two thousand fourteen. So there, like it was like even up to two thousand eighteen, and even since then, there's probably probably the most inconsistent team in Ireland with getting some getting getting some brilliant results and then just not putting back to back.
0: Like the Irish rugby team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's I suppose you know. It uh, could be, uh, you know, I don't know. I suppose from your perspective, what you what you think, but would you say part of that could be Dublin is a county with definitely, you know, has a hurling tradition in the sense that there are a lot of like Kula, for example, or Grave Kiran on the north side, or like mainly hurling. You know, Bally Bowden has a big hurling tradition. So you, you like you have a lot of clubs. O'Toole's would have been a big hurling club where hurling is the focus of the club. Yeah. But at county level, for some reason, it's just not. Maybe is it because Hurland's kind com- of competing a bit with the football? You know, what would you... Yeah, well,
1: they're, they're, look, there's so many discussions <laughs> yeah. we could have over this. And I don't know how long the podcast is. it going to go on for six hours. But, <laughs> yeah, like, sure. there, there's so many discussions you could have, so many arguments you could put for, for either way. Like, I suppose you're, you're doing the comparison between Hurland and football there. Like, if I'm a young lad... 13 or 14 now and I'm coming up and I'm good at hurling and good at football I'm probably going to lean towards football because that's where the success is that's where the that's where you're going to get your all-Ireland medal if you're looking at the teams now I suppose the only way you'd be picking hurling is if over football if you if you can make it in both is because you just love hurling, like take that to O'Callaghan, for example. Like he he could have won All-Irelands with the footballers. Now I, I hate saying that, cause give him a big head. Cause look, he's he's look, he's my best friend. Like so, I hate I hate paying him compliments. Like he could have won All-Irelands with the footballers, but <laughs> just yeah. he was a hurler. He just all he wanted to do was hurl with Dublin. That's all he ever wanted to do. But I suppose the the you look at I I I don't know. I don't have the answer. There's a lot. There's a lot that you could say I, I'm, I'm trying to shorten it down as best yeah. I could or, or make it as quick that's as I could
0: so but there's,
1: there's an awful lot of things that are contributing to not as much success in the, the hurling as there is in the football as regards facilities there's no difference the way the, the footballers get like a load of people are saying oh I'd say the hurlers get treated like rubbish compared to the footballers that that's not the case at all I don't know is it the case now but for what my seven, eight, nine years, whatever it was, with Dublin, absolutely no difference at all. The only difference is the footballers might get a suit because they got to all learn the final, but they deserve that because they got to all learn the final. Do you know? But there's no, there's no difference whatsoever. The facilities, no difference whatsoever. The underage, as regards development squads, I suppose that's where you you could look at a difference. Is the are they more structured in the in the football that then they're getting the conveyor belt? Are they focusing focusing on the core aspects of the game that make you a better player? Are the right people involved in in the underage development squads at football rather than hurling? I I, I, I reckon that's I hope I'm not hanging anyone out to dry there throwing them under the bus, but I think that's where where you look at it that the same players, same quality players aren't coming through in the hurling that they're coming through in the football, and I I think it's it's definitely down to the coaching at underage. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I suppose nowadays, and you you're a fellow who's played, you know, you've been played inter county football with Tipperary, and you've played inter county hurling with Tipperary and with Dublin, and there are a lot of you know Connell Keeney you mentioned there, he was like one of the stars of a of a Dublin football team that. Could never quite get over the line and then he threw his lot in with the hurlers and he was like <laughs> one of the best hurlers on the team. Mm. So, you know, there's no room for dual players nowadays. No, I,
1: I I would love to say there is, but there's not. Even at club level, it's like, right, we'll say my my first year with the Tip seniors in 07. If you compare the training and commitment at... Inter county level in 07 yeah, yeah, that isn't enough for club senior hurling or football now. That and that that's the way it has gone. Just like with like for some for some club teams, well well funded club teams, their backroom are nearly bigger than some of the, the we'll say the the weaker inter county teams. You know what, which it, it's 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 scary and it's not nice because the the ga it's about enjoying it. The, like the enjoyment has gone out. It's now like a, a job now. And I like it's gas. You look back. We'll say look at the. the we'll say the tip team in eighty nine or yeah, ninety one. Yeah. There would have been a good few lads over the age of thirty. Yeah. yeah. If you if if you if your inter county career starts when just say you're twenty two. If you make it to thirty still playing inter county, you've had a phenomenal career.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. know? They're
1: like there's ten year careers now. Are becoming less and less, and hurling into your thirties or, or playing football into your thirties is wow, you've had a great career.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think Teddy McCarty was the last dual player to win. I think when Cork won the double in nineteen nineteen eighty nine. I
1: think no, nineteen ninety.
0: Nineteen ninety. Sorry, yeah, nineteen ninety. He. Was, and they they nearly got there in ninety nine. Uh, they were beaten in the football final by Galway, I think. In ninety nine. I oh, was it Mead? Mead, Beth. I was at the match. Mead, them actually. Um, my wife is from Cork, so we were at the match, and of course I was shouting for Cork because, A, my <laughs> wife was from Cork, and she was beside me, and B, it was Mead.
1: That's that's because you couldn't be a Dublin man shouting for Mead. So. No, not at all. <laughs> so it's kind of best of a bad bunch.
0: Interestingly enough, one of the guys who was on that Cork football team in 99, a fella called Marco Sullivan, is, um, he came over to Boston, and he's... Played with Christopher's in football here and he's still here, you know. Right, yeah. Teddy McCarthy probably be the last of the, the dual legends in the history. Yeah, of, I'm, I'm trying Ape. to think there's like
1: Cadogan tried it for a couple of years with Cork, um, and yeah. Aiden, Aiden Walsh tried it for a couple of years with Cork. Keeney, yeah, he played Hurling and he played football, but just they weren't in the same season. Different, uh, same with Dotsy, like they, they're just because. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it. I think the the dual intercounty player is a thing of the past, and I I think the the dual club player I think is starting to become a thing of the past. Bear, bear, you have just say you're a senior hurling team, yeah, and you're an intermediate football team, and you play for the crack, right? You know, but like take take more out of it, and there's very few, yeah, dual or or like uh nail from from Derry, like there's sure. another one, but. Like, they're they're very, they're few and far between where you have dual clubs. Like, take Kilmacud for example. They're, like, they're
0: senior in both, both two totally different teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you were, obviously, you you won a couple of Dublin championships with Kilmacud. Yeah, in in 12 and 14. Yeah, yeah. That must have been nice, too. Yeah, it was
1: nice. um, Lost a few as well along the way. Got bet in 15, 16, 17, 18. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got betting about four or five in a row there, so that was
0: this point. Yeah. yeah, well, you can't win them all, you know. I suppose you, but you, I've heard it before, you, you remember the ones you lost that you that you kind of wish you could have won more than the ones you actually won. Yeah, I <laughs> actually agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Kind of a common theme. But um, so now you're, I know you've got, you're married, you've got kids, you're you're living this the, the more settled life. Uh, yeah, well, more settled life because the
1: pubs are closed.
0: well that's part of it i suppose yeah yeah jesus that's uh seems to be pretty pretty stringent in ireland with the the the, um the regulations obviously you know the news (laughs) that you're reading about about inter-county teams training when they're not supposed to be training is you know a big talking point these days yeah look
1: all inter-county teams are at it they're just not being caught
0: yeah yeah Uh, it just strikes me on that note. And the only thing I'll say about it is I'll, I'll share my own opinion is, I, you know, after all what we've talked about here and, and, you know, you know yourself from your own career, you know, an inter-county, you're an inter-county footballer or you're an inter-county hurler that you just can't train. And that's really been, you know, you talked about the level of commitment and that's kind of been your life for years.
1: Yeah, it's it's been it, such a big part of your life and then you, you're just not allowed to do it yeah um, and like i i think every intercounty player welcomes the week or two off at the end of the season that you don't do anything then you, you, you just you have to get back into it you know
0: oh, I to say think. you're
1: not allowed to do anything for long and you can do all the training you want by yourself but it's about getting out and like getting to the wall ball and the, the it's the competitive nature yeah of uh yeah. right we'll we'll have it free-taking competition or we will take shots right first to 10 or whatever do you know it's it, it, that competitive thing that i think is a it's an innate characteristic that you get as
0: being an intercounty player whether it's just hurling football camogie ladies football it doesn't matter and you're you're i guess your teammates you're all pushing each other to do yeah. that you know and that's part of it too is you can do 100 meter sprint yourself but when you're trying to beat the fella beside you yeah. Otherwise, it's... you're the one doing it, like 20 push-ups or whatever. You know that that pushes you even more. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we won't get into it too much, but. <laughs> you get into trouble. Yeah, you'll be chastised. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so you're involved now with your kids coaching um, with Kevin's Killians.
1: Yeah, so, we we bought we, a house over here in 2014 in Kingswood in in Tala. And I suppose there, when, when Oshin started playing first, uh, when he was in nursery, I was bringing him over to Killamacod. But we're we're not living in the the area. And, like, geez, I was bringing him over there, and he might get friendly with a kid this week, but then the following week, wouldn't even see that kid because, you know, there's so many there. Yeah. So, you know, and I suppose I, I was thinking, do you know, no, that, that's the club I play with or played with. Do you know, at least he's something to... To aspire to there and and Kevin's Killians was a, a junior team, so you know, and there's no, there was not, there was no hurling there. Like, why would he want to play for them? And then. After training one day, we just happened to be up in Aldi there and he he bumped into one of his friends that he's in school with and he had the Kevin's Killian's gear on, Ushin had the Crooks gear on. And they were like, oh, what were you training, blah, blah, blah. And I suppose then, it t- was that moment that I was like, do you know what, let him play with his friends. It's not about the the club, let him play with his friends. So, yeah. I suppose when he got in, it was just, just before lockdown there last year, he got involved with Kevin's Killian's and then I kind of got dragged in. Yeah, and I'm actually on the committee now. I'm on the executive, so they they really dragged me in. But I suppose when I did get involved, I was like, "Geez, like it, it's a, it's a brilliant club." I suppose if you go back twenty years ago or even ten years ago, it was it was nearly like a social club because they had a did a junior adult football team and there was nothing else there but the the chairman that's there at the moment i just i hope he doesn't listen to this because uh, i don't want him to get a big head but uh he's done phenomenal work like he got involved about five six years ago and has really driven it so from from nursery level up to under 16 now they've teams in in every age group so up, up to under 16 and then this year actually will be the first year that they'll have a hurling team they're not not during the initial lockdown last year, but just when we things started to open up there in around June or July, I actually started up a social hurling team every Wednesday night. So it started off the first first session was about fourteen there, and then it just kind of grew from that. So the this year they're entering two football teams, one hurling team, and the ladies football team for the first time ever. Ooh. So at, at adult level, so it's great. To, like, I think it's the fastest growing club in Ireland. Now that's easy when you have one member, and so all of a sudden you have three members. Oh, 200% growth, but uh, or 300% growth or whatever. But uh, so, but at least at least it's going in the right direction. Yeah. I suppose the the thing that that is against us the facilities. We don't have a clubhouse or anything like that. But hopefully, hopefully with uh, some great people
0: in the club, hopefully that will be down the line. In in this, particularly in the south side of Dublin, I mean, it sounds to me like you've got mega clubs, you know, like Kilmacud. Yeah. You know, your own club there and that there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, not, not to say that you want to, to split clubs up or split off from clubs, but for smaller clubs that are more focused on, you know, have more of a family atmosphere to kind of spring up, which it kind of sounds like is happening there.
1: Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more with you. Like, you look at the the area that Ballyboden cover, or the area that Crokes cover, the area that Kula cover. They're, they're the three big ones in, we'll say, the south side. And then you go up. Then Lucan are big enough as well. But then you go up north side. Nafina are just massive as well. And then you look at, uh you go over towards Crumlin, right? And from, we'll say, the Spawell roundabout over to... Crumlin Children's Hospital, which literally, if you go in a car and there's no traffic, you're there in less than five minutes. Like you have yeah. Fogs, Jude's, Crumlin, James Gales, Good Counsel, Liffey Gales. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out one or two. Red Darragh You've a massive amount of clubs there. Now Kevin's in down near Dolphin's Barn. Like there's a lot of clubs there that are, they're nearly fighting for the players. Yeah. And and they're older areas as well. Um, so a lot of the like a, a lot of kids their, their grandparents live there you know so yeah so look like uh, look, that's another that's another discussion that you could take hours with yeah, yeah I certainly think the numbers thing like even if you would say like like with uh, uh I know I'm going back to tape now but with Torles, you have a few a few teams in Torless but For underage They're all known as Durless Oak So they they all All the clubs come together For underage And then after minor Or is it after under 16 Yeah sorry After under 16 Then they can join Which adult club they want If they were to do something like that In with all the the super clubs We call it Like Ballyboden Coola, Croaks Nafina And just did it with areas So you live in this area You're playing with Or we'll say You're playing with Stellargan Hurling club yeah, and Slorgan Football Club, and then from under six, under eighteen, on then then they get to choose right. I'm going to join Croaks or I'll join Ballantir, or I'll join Olafs or whatever. Do you know? Oh, look, look, I I don't have the answers, but it certainly is a it, there certainly is a discussion.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're you're uh, I suppose nearing the end of your own career now. You you you're gonna be gonna give a, a twist with uh, Cashel again. Yeah, I've decided
1: myself and my wife that I'm gonna hurl one year with cashel. I just I, I always wanted to go back and just hurl with them just to just to say I finished out my hurling career. Well, my serious hurling career with Cashel. So I'm going back and the the plan at the moment is to go back hurl one year with Cashel. Hopefully get a bit of success. If we do great. If not, we'll then at least give it a bash. And then after that, come up and play a bit of Junior Hurling with uh, Kevin's Killians. And then, hopefully, well, you never know, but I might play with my son someday. You never know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you stick with it, you never know. I mean, it goes by, speaking from experience, it'll go by very fast.
1: <laughs> oh, very quick. Well, look, I can see that myself, and I know I'm still relatively young. Yeah. Uh, but it does, it goes by so quick.
0: It's it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I, I signed up for our junior B team, so maybe one one of the games they might need me to to make the numbers, so I could you can, be on. you can be the bear in the square. <laughs> I'm not sure if you call me a bear, a very old bear. <laughs> but uh anyway, Ryan, thanks thanks a million for the time. I know it took up a lot of your time. No here. problem. Ryan. No yeah. Problem. Well, thank you for listening and best of luck to Ryan with his future endeavours. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Boston GAA podcast, where you never know who we might be talking to.